Father God in heaven, we thank you so much for this another day that you have given us. Thank you for your patience and your kindness towards us. Thank you so much for being a God of love. And today we ask that you would give us guidance as we read through the 13th chapter of the Desire of Ages. It's entitled The Victory. And may we, as Jesus, gain victory, also gain victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alright, so hello and good morning to you. Our, uh, once again, we are now on chapter 13 of the Desire of Ages. Chapter 13 of the Desire of Ages. And it's entitled The Victory. And this chapter is based on Matthew chapter 4 verses 5 to 11. Mark chapter 1. Um, verses 12 and 13 and Luke chapter 4 verses 5 to 13 so let's read the entire chapter and we might have insights along the way and uh, yeah so I'm not sure how long this is mm, it might be as long as yesterday's chapter so we'll read through it and then we'll give our insights later mostly okay the victory then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him if thou be the son of god cast thyself down for it is written he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Satan now supposes that he has met Jesus on his own ground. Interesting. The wily foe himself presents words that proceeds from the mouth of God. He still appears as an angel of light, and he makes it evident that he is acquainted with the scriptures and understands the import of what is written. As Jesus before used the word of God to sustain his faith, the tempter now uses it to countenance his deception. He claims that he has been only testing the fidelity of Jesus and he now commends his steadfastness. As the Savior has manifested trust in God, Satan urges him to give still another evidence of his faith. But again, the temptation is prefaced with the insinuation of distrust. If thou be the son of God. Yeah. So Christ was tempted to answer the if. Wow. But he refrained from the slightest acceptance of the doubt. He would not imperil his life in order to give evidence to Satan. The tempter thought to take advantage of Christ's humanity and urge him to presumption. But while Satan can solicit, he cannot compel to sin. He said to Jesus, cast thyself down, knowing that he could not cast him down, for God would interpose to deliver him. Now, this is a very interesting point. While Satan can, can, can solicit, can suggest, he cannot compel people to sin, so he can't do I mean, he can't push people in the sense that, you know, really, really put them into destruction because God would, would intervene. 
nor could Satan force Jesus to cast himself down. Unless Christ should consent to temptation, he could not be overcome. Now, this is a very important point. It's our consent. Eventually, we do have a choice. Even if there is a tempter, we do have a choice. Unless Christ should consent to temptation, he could not be overcome. Not all the power of earth or hell could force him in the slightest degree to depart from the will of his father. The tempter can never compel us to do evil. Now, this is a very important point. He cannot control minds unless they are yielded to his control. The will must consent. Faith must let go its hold upon Christ before Satan can exercise his power upon us. But every sinful desire we cherish affords him a foothold. It's like a foot in the door. Every point in which we fail of meeting the divine standard is an open door by which he can enter to tempt and destroy us. And every failure or defeat on our part gives occasion for him to reproach Christ. When Satan quoted, quoted the promise, he shall give his angels charge over thee, he omitted the words to keep thee in all thy ways, that is, in all the ways of God's choosing. Jesus refused to go outside the path of obedience. Now before that, it's interesting that Satan always just picks words. He doesn't, he doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only picks words to suit his purposes. So Jesus refused to go outside that path of obedience. While manifesting perfect trust in his father, he would not place himself unbidden in a position that would necessitate the interposition of his father to save him from death. He would not force providence to come to his rescue and thus fail of giving man an example of trust and submission. Jesus declared to Satan, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. These words were spoken by Moses to the children of Israel when they thirsted in the desert and demanded that Moses should give them water, exclaiming, Is the Lord among us or not? Exodus 17, verse 7. God had wrought marvelously for them, yet in trouble they doubted him and demanded evidence that he was with them in their unbelief they sought to put him to the test and satan was urging christ to do the same thing god had already testified that jesus was his son and now to ask for proof that he was the son of god would be putting god's word to the test tempting him and the same would be true of asking for that which god had not promised it would manifest distrust and be really proving or tempting him. We should not present our petitions to God to prove whether he will fulfill his word, but because he will fulfill it. Not to prove that he loves us, but because he loves us. Wow, that's so powerful. Yeah, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11.6 But faith is in no sense allied to presumption. Only he who has true faith is secure against presumption. For presumption is Satan's counterfeit of faith. Faith claims God's promises and brings forth fruit in obedience. 
Presumption also claims the promises, but uses them as Satan did to excuse transgression. Faith would have led our first parents to trust the love of God and to obey his commands. Presumption led them to transgress his law, believing that his great love would save them from the consequence of their sin. It is not faith that claims the favor of heaven without complying with the conditions in which mercy is to be granted. Genuine faith has its foundation in the promises and provisions of the scriptures. Wow. Often, when Satan has failed of exciting distrust, he succeeds in leading us to presumption. Whoa. So the first temptation was about distrust in God's word, right? But this is also distrust. But if, yeah, if you, I mean, he fails to tempt you in that sense, he will lead you to presumption. If he can cause us to place ourselves unnecessarily in the way of temptation, he knows that the victory is his. God will preserve all who walk in the path of obedience, but to depart from it is to venture on Satan's ground. There we are sure to fall. The Savior has bidden us, watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. Mark fourteen thirty eight. Meditation and prayer would keep us from rushing unbidden into the way of danger, and thus we should be saved from many a defeat. Yet we should not lose courage when assailed by temptation. Often when placed in a trying situation, we doubt that the Spirit of God has been leading us. But it was the Spirit it was the Spirit's leading that brought Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. When God brings us into trial, he has a purpose to accomplish for our good. Jesus did not presume on God's promises by going unbidden unto temptation. Neither did he give up to despondency when temptation came upon him. Nor should we. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. He says, Offer unto God thanksgiving, and pay thy vows unto the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. 1 Corinthians 10.13, Psalm 50.14 and 15 Jesus was victor in the second temptation, and now Satan manifests himself in his true character. But he does not appear as a hideous monster, with cloven feet and bat's wings. He is a mighty angel, though fallen. He avows himself the leader of rebellion and the god of this world. Placing Jesus upon a high mountain, Satan caused the kingdoms of the world in all their glory to pass in panoramic view before him. The, light, the sunlight lay on templed cities, marble palaces, fertile fields and fruit-laden vineyards the traces of evil were hidden the eyes of jesus so lately greeted by gloom and desolation now gazed upon a scene of unsurpassed loveliness and prosperity then the tempter's voice was heard all this power will i give thee and the glory of them for that is delivered unto me and to whomever i will i will give it if thou therefore will 
worship me, all shall be thine. Christ's mission could be fulfilled only through suffering. Before him was a life of sorrow, hardship, and conflict, and an ignominious death. He must bear the sins of the world. He must endure separation from his father's love. Now the tempter offered to yield up the power he had usurped. Christ must, Christ might deliver himself from the dreadful, dreadful future by acknowledging the supremacy of Satan. But to do this was to yield the victory in the great controversy. It was in seeking to exalt himself above the Son of God that Satan had sinned in heaven. Ooh, interesting backstory. Do you remember that? It was in seeking to exalt himself above the Son of God, Jesus, that Satan had sinned in heaven. Should he prevail now, it would be the triumph of rebellion. When Satan declared to Christ, the kingdom and glory of the world are delivered unto me, and to whomever, whomsoever I will, I give it, he stated what was true only in part, only in part, and he declared it to serve his own purpose of deception. Satan's dominion was that wrested from Adam, but Adam was the vice the vicegerent of, or the vice regent of the Creator. His was not an independent rule. The earth is God's, and He has committed all things to His Son. Adam was to reign subject to Christ. When Adam betrayed his sovereignty into Satan's hands, Christ still remained the rightful king. Thus the Lord had said to King Nebuchadnezzar, The Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth, giveth it to whomsoever he will. Daniel chapter 4 verse 17 Satan can exercise his usurped authority only as God permits. When the tempter offered to Christ the kingdom and glory of the world, he was proposing that Christ should yield up the real kingship of the world and hold dominion subject to Satan. This was the same dominion upon which the hopes of the Jews were set. They desired the kingdom of this world. If Christ had consented to offer them such a kingdom, they would gladly have received him. But the curse of sin, with all its woe, rested upon it. Christ declared to the tempter, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. By the one who had revolted in heaven the kingdoms of this world, were offered Christ to buy his homage to the principles of evil. But he would not be bought. He had come to establish a kingdom of righteousness, and he would not abandon his purpose. With the same temptation, Satan approaches men, and here he has a better success than with Christ. To men, he offers the kingdoms of this world on condition that they will acknowledge his supremacy. He requires that they sacrifice integrity, disregard conscience, indulge selfishness. Christ bids them seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But Satan walks by their side and says, whatever may be true in regard to life eternal, in order to make a success in this world, you must serve me. I hold you welfare in my hands. I can give you riches, pleasures, honor, and happiness. Hearken to my counsel. Do not allow yourselves to be carried away with whimsical notions of honesty or self-sacrifice. 
I will prepare the way before you. Thus, multitudes are deceived. They consent to live for the service of self, and Satan is satisfied. While he allures them with the hope of worldly dominion, he gains dominion over the soul. But he offers that which is not his to bestow, and which is soon to be wrested from him. In return, he beguiles them of their title to the inheritance of the sons of God. Satan had questioned whether Jesus was the Son of God. He, in, in his summary dismissal, he had proof that he could not gainsay. Divinity flashed through suffering humanity. Satan had no power to resist the command. Writhing with humiliation and rage, he was forced to withdraw from the presence of the world's Redeemer. Christ's victory was as complete as had been the failure of Adam. So we may resist temptation and force Satan to depart from us. Jesus gained the victory through submission and faith in God. And by the apostle, he says to us, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. We cannot save ourselves from the tempter's power. He has conquered humanity, and we, when we try to stand in our own strength, we shall become a prey to his devices. But the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Proverbs 18 verse 10. Satan trembles and flees before the weakest soul who finds refuge in that mighty name. After... After the foe had departed, Jesus fell exhausted to the earth, with the pallor of death upon his face. The angels of heaven had watched the conflict, beholding their loved commander as he passed through inaccessible, inexpressible suffering to make a way of escape for us. He had endured the test, greater than we shall ever be called to endure. The angels now ministered to the Son of God. God, as he lay like one dying, he was strengthened with food, comforted with the message of his father's love and the assurance that all heaven triumphed in this in his victory, warning, warming to life again, his great heart goes out in sympathy for man, and he goes forth to complete the work he has begun, to rest not until the foe is vanquished and our fallen race redeemed wow never can the cost of our redemption be realized until the redeemed shall stand with the redeemer before the throne of god then as the glories of the eternal home burst upon our enraptured senses we shall remember that jesus left all of this for us and that he not only became an exile from the heavenly courts but for us took the risk of failure and eternal loss. Then we shall cast our crowns at his feet and raise the song, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Revelation 5.12 And that was the end of the chapter. The victory. Wow. Wow. So what have we gotten from there? What I liked about this chapter is that 
every single time so so one of the greatest points here is that when uh, when we say it is written satan can argue back with another it is written right and that's and that happens with us in our temptations i mean when we are faced with temptations we can think of a verse of a bible verse that we can use to to have i mean to draw strength from and overcome a certain temptation but then something goes right into our heads and says another thing the opposite of that and um, that will that likely is satan's insinuation so we might encounter verses that justify our our choice and then what happens is that well if we don't stick to the true i mean the true context of verses and you know just i mean surrender to their power and surrender to the truth of god's word for it is well what happens is that we succumb to the temptation so presumption presumption and uh, oftentimes the the scriptures that are thrown at us in our heads i mean those that seem to justify our actions or actions to be those were used out of context in the in the same way that satan omitted certain things when he tried to quote the quote scripture when he was tempting jesus and he omitted parts that said for example to keep thee in all thy ways so he omitted those parts that pointed to keeping or or staying in the course god's course god's way so you see from here that one of the dangers if not doubt if not full distrust is presumption and uh, presumption is opposite of faith and that's really one of the things that have been emphasized here so the victory is a uh, oh there's a there's a uh, a bible verse about that victory and and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith right it's in first john i think right so and this is the victory that overcometh the world so so there is a scripture song with that with that verse so yeah so one of the things that are really emphasized in this chapter is faith versus presumption and this is really important i highlighted them right here so i let me just recap what we've read about that so we should not present our petitions to god okay this is a good point too prior to the faith versus presumption thing we should not present our petitions to god to prove whether he will fulfill his word but because he will fulfill it right not to prove that he loves us but because he loves us so this is distrust right here so this is the emphasis that we we can fall into sin we will likely fall into sin if we don't trust god so we should not present our petitions to god to prove whether he will fulfill his word that's tempting him but because he will fulfill it no so we don't we don't <laughs> we don't test god out yeah but because we believe yeah so another point is the faith versus presumption thing um it says here that okay so the difference is that faith obeys god's word presumption uses god's word to excuse sin to excuse anti-love 
anti-love actions, anti-love choices. Faith acts according to God's word. And yeah, it will always be in accordance with the love principle, selflessness and not selfishness. So presumption is making excuses. I mean, taking the word scripture out of context and applying that so that we can excuse sin. That is presumption. And faith, on the other hand, is uh, obeying an explicit thus saith the Lord and being willing to surrender our own selfish desires for God's selfless way. All right. So, yeah. So the question now is what will be the word for this chapter? Victory. Well, the key to victory is faith. So I am... I am going to put faith as our word for today, October 17. Yes, faith. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Right. So I love that. And um, we're going to end early. This is fascinating because if we can read like this and have. Yeah. So it can be. I mean, a chapter can can close early. So, yeah. So this is rather a short chapter. Or a short reading. Mm. But again, <laughs> I hope that you, you've gotten something from this. And we will now close. Again, let us um, let us read, recap a few of our favorites here. We may also resist temptation. And for Satan to depart from us. As Jesus said, Jesus gained the victory through submission and faith in God. So there it is again. The key is faith. And yeah. He says to us, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. So, yeah, and, and another thing, the last thing that I think we need to recap also is this. That while Satan can solicit, he cannot compel to sin. He cannot compel to sin. So it is ultimately our choice whether to continue in sin or to succumb to temptation or not. He cannot push us, but he tries to push us, but it needs to have our consent because ultimately, I mean, God protects our freedom of choice and Satan can only can only insinuate, but he cannot really, really, really force you if you don't. So that's the power there. And that's why you're also called to resist, resist the devil and he will flee from you because if God, I mean, if you don't want to sin, can you, I mean... Here, God protects your choice. And yeah, and Satan can do nothing about that because even if he has claimed dominion over this earth, God still rules. God still rules in the sense that he protects freedom of will, even if Satan, for example, just wants to control you. And um, it is up to you to consent, right? And um, if anyone is wanting to overcome god has a promise submit yourselves therefore to god and that's the key submit to him in faith all right and when you resist the devil when you say get behind me satan as jesus said then satan can do nothing right so it's all about surrender to god surrender of the ego surrender of the self and uh, obeying the path of selfless love self-giving love non-coercive other-centered love 
all right so we will close this now and let's pray father god in heaven we thank you so much for this beautiful chapter of the desire of ages and the victory thank you for giving us insights into what it means to have and gain victory over sin and the to have the choice to actually resist the devil and to have the choice to cling to your word as it's explicitly said and in context not out of context we thank you that everything in your law is all about love selfless love self-giving love non-coercive love other-centered love in the dear god may we embrace that in every step of the way of our lives and may we find solace in the fact that as jesus has overcome the world we can also overcome the world and that faith is the victory that overcometh the world so may you increase our faith because faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen and uh, we will have an increased faith when we know you and so we may we know you even more we have already seen glimpses of who you are god is love his nature his law is love it ever has been and it ever will be and jesus is the same yesterday today and forever so that means that jesus is constantly a god of love a person divine and human our savior our bridge our cross the cross that bridged the great divide and the bridge that crossed the great divide we can look up to jesus as our brother real brother because he's human too and yeah so we can look up to him and take from him learn from him from his example and claim also the victory that he has gained for all of us thank you so much for everything and in jesus name we pray amen and amen Thank you.